It is Sunday, December 30th, 2018, and welcome to Flickr Effects. This is episode 277. I'm David Lotz. Joining me this episode is Bobby Jackson. Hey, what's up? And Yasha Wilson. Hey, 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 everybody. Happy last show of 2018, guys. Yeah. Happy last day of 2018. Well, last, last day before the last day, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we still got, we still got, got another day after this. Official day. Uh, like we got a whole other day. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got one more, one more. We're almost there. Um, yeah, guys, uh, this is it. Um, it was another big weekend at the box office, I guess. Um, for certain films. Yeah, I was like, like what, David? <laughs> Tell me. I'm like, I was like, I'm looking at the chart here, and it's like, I don't know if it was necessarily a big weekend. Um, no, I wouldn't say it was a big weekend. It was still like, there's still, to me, it's that we still have such big releases out all in their second weekend, basically. That's and fair. It's all doing fairly well still. Um, oh, that? I mean, that's what I mean. No, it wasn't like we had like a hundred million opener this weekend or anything. I mean, but I mean, Aquaman holding at number one again. Um, and I've, you know, doing pretty well. Oh, very well. I mean, that's your new favorite movie of all time, isn't it, David? I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> We're doomed to never have nice things. It's, it's basically what's happening. We here. have nice things. What do you mean? We had Bumblebee. We had Into the Spider-Verse. We had Infinity War, Black Panther. We've had all kinds of good, oh, nice things. Oh, I know. You know what I mean. Jeez. <laughs> We've had lots of nice things. I'm just bitter that... I think everyone has been hypnotized to think that this is a, an enjoyable film. <laughs> when, <laughs> when in reality, I feel like in a year from now, everyone's going to go, oh my God, what were we thinking? <laughs> I, what think, I, think? I think only people who will believe that or think that are probably the people that um, – we're trying to take it in a particular sort of way. So like, it seems like everybody who I've read who, who've liked it, liked it with um, the caveat of knowing that it shouldn't work or that it's not per se, quote unquote, a good film. It's, it's like it works in spite of itself or it has these elements about it that they just buy into and, and have fun with it. I don't think anyone is, or at least I haven't seen anyone out there this legit claiming it to be sort of the best picture of the year or, you know, the enjoyment being to where they're fooling themselves into thinking that it's something more than what it's being presented as for them. And it just was good enough for them to enjoy it and, and just sort of buy into the whole, the whole thing that James Wan was putting out there. So I, I think probably people's opinions will hold. I get what you're saying, but then I also, from the other side, I I almost take offense to the idea that then those of us who are so critical of the film are taking this point of view of we we went into it with the wrong mindset or something. Mm. Like I I don't think that's the case at all. Like there's there's, there's plenty of films that I'm like, oh, it is what it is. I'm like Fast and the Furious movies, you know. I mean, given the director, I think that's a perfect example. Like. Uh, I've said before, I'm a fan of a lot of those films, but I, I think they work. Like, 
I went into this movie, I think, with the perfect mindset and even with the idea that it's silly and this is about an underwater kingdom and all the people riding seahorses like I know I knew that going into it and I still think this is a bad movie like not because I (laughs) you know went into it with like I'm taking it too seriously or something like I don't think that's the case at all so well I don't think that's well I wasn't trying to say people were going and taking it seriously I'm just saying um everyone who seems to be enjoying it, it just hit them in that way that they're enjoying it, like a Fast and the Furious movie. No one's out there claiming Fast and the Furious to be legit, a straight-up great movie with, you know, the best acting and all that. It just hits them in a way that they enjoyed it, and I think that's what sort of is going on with Aquaman. I don't really see anyone proclaiming it to be this sort of best picture kind of thing. Not necessarily saying... Uh, you know, in just in comic book movie terms, no no one's putting it up there in the right. list really that I've seen. But everyone just seems to be taking it in as a and it, ironically enough, it's by one of the people who did do Fast and the Furious. So I think it, it is kind of along those lines. Right. No, I get what you're saying. But yeah. It's still it as, just didn't as, hit you the right way. No, as someone who didn't did not have fun. Who, who yeah. would have loved to have been like, hey, this is just silly fun. This is what fun. What great action scenes. And I did not have that experience as someone who felt that way and to see it making the money it's making and to see a lot so much positive reaction, which does make you feel like, well, wait, what's wrong with me? But I I just I know there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just like, no, this is this is not good. This is not what I want from DC movies. This is not the way I wanted the DC universe to shift and go in this direction. No, 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 no. Like, I, I'll, I'll completely check out if we get more of this. I'm, I'm done. Wow. Uh, that strongly. Yeah, no, I just, I really didn't like it. Like, and I mean, but I say that like Shazam's coming up. I have high hopes for that yeah. movie. And that is going to be basically a comedy, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm totally cool with that. But I think at least from the trailers, it appears to be a hopefully well done comedy, superhero comedy, whatever you want, however you want to describe it. And then, you know, yeah. Hey, Wonder Woman, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. And hopefully the sequel from the same director is just as good, if not better. I, fingers crossed, but yeah, I don't know. It just, I don't know. The whole thing still just bumps me out. But we're not going to sit here and relive that whole experience again on this episode. Well, but real quickly, when you say you're done, what does that legitimately mean? That you won't go watch the Joker movie when it comes out? You won't no, go no, watch no. I, I, what, I, what I was saying was if we got more like this, I would be done. I mean, I don't know what we're going to get. Like, we haven't seen them yet, but... That's what I mean. So how... Well, I guess I'm, what I'm thinking is it, until you watch it, you won't know if it's more of this for you and this being whatever. Well, Aquaman I is. think uh, I think I could also after this experience, I feel like uh, get a pretty good sense from future trailers, you know, mm. like Shazam. I'm so far unless the next trailer just looks terrible. I'm sold definitely from the first trailer. I think it looks great. Um, as for Wonder Woman, yes, I saw footage at, in San Diego, but we haven't really seen a trailer yet and, you know, we'll see, but I, I have mm-hmm. hopes that the trailer will look good. I doubt 
I, I hope <laughs> that the trailer doesn't disappoint me. But mm-hmm. I, I, what I mean is, if from future tr- from future DC movies, the trailers and marketing we get, if I'm like, oh wow, this totally just looks like more Aquaman, I'm t- then I'll be like, nah, you know what, I'm I'm good, guys. Like okay. Like you guys gotcha. can, those of you who enjoy this, that's cool. Have a good time. That's, this is not for me. That's, that, that's what I mean. Uh, you sound like Bobby when he talks about the Transformer movies uh, directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> like, I think I feel that way. Yeah, yeah, you really do. And I'm not trying to be that in a joking manner or insulting. It's like, we all have those things that just kind of irk us to the point of just contention where you're just like, I, I'm sorry, I just can't do this shit. And Bobby, even, I mean, I've even tried to counter it several times. with like, even for the sake of reviewing to talk about the film or what you experienced or whatever the case may be, has been adamant about. I was like, I will not give my money to go see these movies anymore. I've been incredibly disappointed and to the point where I am just like, no, I can't do this anymore. So no, I will not be moving forward with checking out these films. And to me, it feels like I, I feel sort of like that that worked for me in the way that it seems like I wasn't the only one taking that stand because this last movie made less than the other previous movies. Felt like people were saying, no, I'm not going to go watch this. Give me something better. And then, you know, they ended up not having Michael Bay direct the Bumblebee movie and, and doing something smaller and more um intimate as per se and that they weren't trying to go for the same thing and it worked people are loving this movie with bumblebee and uh probably end up doing maybe something out of that and and maybe retconning the original series or something who knows but it definitely seems like people were speaking with their dollars and not going to go see the last movie to where it affected change for them to say, okay, how do we get people back? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the drop off has been significant for the Transformer movies, you know, when it comes to people enjoying them and really getting out there and seeing them. I mean, you can see how it climaxed and then kind of descended very quickly after the movies, you know, forgive the, you know, the analogy there, but it's like, you know, looking at the very first Transformers, everybody was hyped to see it. So $319 million in the theater and then Revenge of the Fallen, of course, everybody's going to go see the sequel and they're super excited because the first one was decent. So of course that would have a spike, but then that was what it was. And then Dark of the Moon and that dropped down to 350 and then Age of Extension to 245, like almost a whole hundred million dollars less. And then the last night, just 130, they're just like, yeah, that's enough. Like, this is just bad. You know, it's like you when you see a steady decline like that and the movie's production value being so high as it, it as it is, you know, they're not even making their production value, their production budget back domestically, then it's like, okay, this is not worth our, our efforts anymore. Yeah, so who knows? I mean it's weird because just to slightly go back to it with the DC universe movies, they they've, there's been articles and reports saying that they're going to, they're going to kind of pull back and maybe focus more on the individuals as opposed to um, the team as a justice league unit, or even just per se of the mixing of those worlds 
instead of doing that, they're just going to kind of tell these singular stories, even though essentially, I guess, they're still all supposed to be within the same uh, universe that they've created, with the exception of the Joker movie. So maybe that will work once they find their voice a little bit better with these singular movies, that they can come back together and make something that people are wanting to see. Because if anyone would have told me three years ago that an Aquaman movie would have made more than a Justice League movie, I just would have never bought it. I, I just would have thought somebody was crazy. So I mean, that's saying something. And, and and it means that they sort of, at least seems like on paper, they've gotten the message and are trying to readjust. But uh, I will they make that adjustment in time for people to kind of come back on board it's, it's who's to say or who knows for sure but i feel like with the ip that they have the characters that they have somebody's gonna get it right and it's just a matter of time and and who who that person is same thing with the whole transformers and bumblebee and all that stuff just matter of when it happens it's not i don't think it can't happen i just think it's when will it happen Well, uh, as for uh, this weekend and what's been going on, Bobby, what do you got for us? Um, well, there's not a lot, honestly, in the news. Nothing at least worth speaking about other than one thing that we got on Christmas Day was a trailer from Jordan Peele for his new movie, new movie called Us that I believe comes out in March, I want to say. Did you guys get a chance to see the trailer? Sadly, I have not watched it yet. <laughs> really? Really, yeah. It's been one of those things. Oh, wow. It's been so busy with the holidays that, like, and they'll, I'll have those downtimes of, like, scrolling through social media on my phone, like people, we all do, and and I keep seeing, like, all the posts about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I gotta watch that. Oh, yeah, I gotta watch that. And I just, I just haven't. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I know. It's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> well, Yasha, did you get a chance to check it out? I did. Oh, okay. So you you definitely liked Get Out, right? I did. All right. Did. So what'd you think of this this new trailer? I think uh Jordan Peele is a very disturbed individual. <laughs> and honestly, I think that if this hits, um, it's very clear he has a bunch of stories that he likes to tell. And he has and yeah. that he wants to tell. And I think that I think he's a quiet genius that nobody really expected to come forward because, I mean, Get Out was very, very fresh and very, very, I thought it was fantastic. And this just, the, the, the fact that he's, you know, so polar opposite of what he's done, you know, what everybody knows him for, being a comedic, a comedic performer and, you know, writer and the show and everything like that. And then basically going into these very, very dark, uh, scenarios and stories, I, I, I couldn't applaud him more. If us hits and it's as good as it really looks, I mean, he took a very fun song from basically my childhood when I was in high school and turned it into an incredibly eerie, creepy, horrible thing, like in a matter of two minutes. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, I am genuinely excited and interested to see this movie. I'm just really looking forward to it because it looks so phenomenally twisted and I dig it. 
because that's why I like Get Out. I thought it was a very interesting and twisted way to tell a story, and it worked. So if he can come up with another way to kind of tell that, mix in a little bit of humor, but at the same time give us a very dark and fresh story, I'm all in. Like, I can't wait to see what what brings us this story. I mean, it's just very creepy, the directing, and it looks like he's really gotten a, figured out a way to have some of these actors and these very young actors um, step up their game and be in a whole different type of performance venue. Um, Lup Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Winston Duke, both from the Marvel Universe. Um, I'm just incredibly interested and excited to see this movie is the best way I can say it. Yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you. It's just one of those things where you've seen Jordan Peele's previous work and even back from his comedy days of you want to go from Mad TV and then Key and Peele and so on and so forth. It's just to see that this was in his mind as well. It, 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 it makes you appreciate the fact that one person isn't just this one thing that you know them from, that they have these other things. And when they get to express it, it's always something that you feel compelled to to want to be a part of and, and see that person express themselves in this different way. And seeing Get Out was such a, a, a good thing to me because I know there's been sort of a, I can't, I guess kind of a, 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 I don't know, a back and forth of whether or not Get Out is a horror film or whatever. But to me, I kind of consider it in that genre. And I think that what he did there was something that was layered and, and very well done. And so I have that same sort of expectation of going into us. And it's also one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to his Twilight Zone when it comes on CBS All Access. And so I think he just has, like you said, all these different stories to tell uh, stories in his head that he he wants to be able to share with the world and i am really interested in in seeing that as well and, and especially like what comes next it's like I, i'm already looking forward to what he hasn't announced yet even though we haven't even seen us yet so it's, it's definitely someone that i i really want to see more from and see what what other avenues he wants to explore Absolutely. It's it's going to be a lot of fun to um, see what happens with this story. And like, you, like I, you know, we both feel the same way. He just, I feel like, has a lot of stories in him that he's just trying to get out. And, you know, no pun intended there, but it's just, it's going to be fun to kind of watch this and see if this hits as well as it looks like it's going to. And then to see what he's doing with uh, the Twilight Zone, because obviously he has a niche for this and an interest in it. So him doing it and being successful at it is going to be that much more fun to watch. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of which, well, I was thinking of Twilight Zone and then my mind, when, I, when, when you said that, my mind switched over to something that just happened this week uh, as well, where uh, a, a show that's been compared to Twilight Zone Black Mirror, they released their uh, movie, a, a Black Mirror movie on Netflix. Uh, I guess it was on Friday, I want to say. It's yeah. called Bandersnatch. And yeah. have you had a chance to see this, either of you guys? 
I have not yet. I actually was going to watch it earlier this afternoon from the comfort of my bed, but uh, my TV is not smart enough to handle what the show is, the movie is, since it's almost like a choose your own adventure type of scenario. So I will be watching it later on from my living room and getting a full understanding of what this show is really all about because you have to be able, you can choose what direction the story goes in um, apparently throughout the show. And I think that's a very interesting way to um, showcase a film. So I'm definitely really interested to see how this works out um, and see what their numbers come out with. Hopefully they do really well. In about a week we should hear and see what they've uh, been doing. And yeah, I also have not seen it. Okay. I did get a chance to watch it. And I actually didn't even think about watching it on TV for whatever reason. I just ended up watching it on my computer. And I was able to obviously control the options that you get going into it. So the the it was definitely an interesting thing because on the surface of it, the idea of it is cool, and when you look at it, once you get a chance to to interact with this movie, you'll start to think about just how time-consuming it must have been to actually put this together and the different takes they had to do and just everything that went into making this episode or this movie. And I think they deserve a lot of respect and, and, and admiration for putting it together. And there's this aspect of it where <clears throat> when you're interacting with the movie, you're you're there's a nervousness you feel when you're doing it. It's like playing a game because you're trying to choose the right adventure. And I used to love choose your own adventure books when I, when I was a kid. And so to see this in movie form, there's a certain aspect to it to where you you're actively involved because you have to push a button or, or do whatever to, to make it go forward. So there's a little bit of uh, slight anxiety that comes along with it as you're trying to interact and, and, and trying to, in your mind, think you're choosing the right way for this story to go. And I think it works. And then at, at, on a, on the other hand, it kind of doesn't work because it's, the story in and of itself is involved enough to where you're I kind of wanted to just sit back and watch them tell the story as opposed to me being able to jump in because then it kind of pulls you out of the story a little bit once it once you have to interact with it. So it's it's definitely an interesting concept. I don't know how well it worked. Um, I, I, I like the fact that they did it and I liked the interacting with it, but in terms of a an actual Black Mirror episode or slash movie, um, it's kind of like a little mixed. Uh, so I'll be curious to hear what you guys think once you actually have a chance to sit down with it and and interact. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that because I'm I'm actually really excited to give the 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 exploring of like which story to really go in and which direction to really go in. So I'm kind of feel like that's going to add another element to watching the show. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I was hoping to hear a little bit better of a review from you for that, but I'm definitely interested in seeing it. I feel like this might be kind of a fun thing to do. If there are a lot of people watching or a couple of people watching, you can mm -hmm. all 
decide and talk about which way you want it to go. That's then, true. At a later time, you're like, okay, well, that didn't work. So let's try the other way. You know, I don't know how many different scenarios or different options they give you. I think it's just two. When it goes, when you're talking about going to a, choosing your different direction. So I'm interested to see exactly what it entails. I'm going to watch it with Shannon later on this evening. And, you know, hopefully we'll have some fun. Like, well, which way do you want to go with it? Like type of scenario. I think that would be fun, actually, because I was just doing it by myself. But if you had two or three people and you're all kind of trying to figure it out and make it into a game, then I think, yeah, it would probably be a, a lot more fun. But I'm always interested in Black Mirror as it is as a story and the stories that they tell those Twilight Zone type stories. So it's kind of difficult when you're trying to play it, but you want to just know the story itself. So that's why it's kind of like, uh, you know, because the story was engaging and it was interesting. But I just I, I think the element of actually interacting with it pulls it away a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think uh, once more people get a chance to interact with it and, and, and put their thoughts out there, I'm curious to see how other people took it in and if it worked for them on on both levels. Um, what else? Like, uh, did, well, David, I guess since you didn't get a chance to see that and you haven't seen <laughs> the, uh, us trailer, did you get a chance to I'm watch giggling. anything since I'm giggling because I know week? where this is going. Um, not, not really, sadly. I, I watched one movie that I watched that I had not seen and it's not new, but I, I finally watched, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. But, um, okay. So I did see that, which was enjoyable. It was good. It wasn't, um... I mean, I don't know. I think it's one of those things because the movie, uh, there was so so much buzz around it that I could see, you know, uh, people watching it as late as I just did and going, oh, well, it's not that good. But I mean, Mm -hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie and I guess it's about what I expected. Maybe I expected it to be a little funnier than it was, I guess. Um, part of me felt like there wasn't quite as much humor as maybe I was expecting there to be. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. So, I mean, I would, I would still recommend it, but I think it's basically what you would expect, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just this thing that kind of took a life of its own and it, it grew and grew out of something of it being the first of its kind, so to speak. But I think a lot of people, if I remember correctly at the time when it came out, a lot of people thought it was, it was solid, but they appreciated, appreciated it on a different level for what it was doing for an underserved community, for the Asian community, as far as having this big movie with the different people in it. So I think that helped to bolster and, and build its, its, um, popularity and, and and essentially maybe people going into it were just hearing such uh, such support for it as a movie, but not necessarily um, in and of itself as, as the story. Because I don't really recall seeing too many people overly praising it for the story aspect itself. Uh, I think most people pretty much agreed that it's kind of a standard story, but it's just um, a lot of the elements that went into it worked well together. And, and that 
in its in and of itself elevated it a little bit higher, which tends to happen with a lot of movies that aren't necessarily doing anything different than what the the genre it's part of is normally does, but just certain aspects work, whether it's the cast or whether it's parts of the story or something like that, that makes it kind of um, buzzworthy. And I think that's what happened with this one. Yeah. And I, I guess I, I don't, I also don't recall hearing like a lot of, Oh my God, this movie's amazing. Everyone has to see it kind of reaction. It's more that I could see people, general audiences that have not seen it up until now, like I had, and, you know, just going, oh, wow, that was a movie that got a lot of attention, so it must be really great. But they also just didn't really pay attention specifically to any, you know, specific reviews or anything. They just were like, oh, mm-hmm. there's so much buzz, so it must be great, you know, because mm-hmm. it did get a lot of buzz for all the reasons you just mentioned. I could see that, yeah. that people just going into it with their own, like, expectations that are actually way higher than anybody was actually saying. They, everyone just enjoyed it. You know, it's yeah. it's one of those things where when you think about a Rotten Tomatoes score, like Rotten Tomatoes is, oh, man, if it's 100 percent, it must be like a top 10 film of the year. But no, not necessarily. It just means everyone liked it. That doesn't mean everyone thought it was an A plus film. They just all right. liked it. And I don't know. No. Yeah, that's that's true. And I think that's definitely what this movie or what Crazy Rich Asians fits into. Right. So I guess, well, <laughs> that's it for you, David. I guess I'll ask, uh, check in with Yasha and see if he actually had a chance to watch anything else within the last week. You know, I actually haven't really gotten a chance to watch uh, anything else or anything new, I should say. Um, I was trying to get a chance to go see Bumblebee the other day, and I, I missed out on it. I was uh, 30 minutes late to the show, so I didn't get a chance to go see Bumblebee, so... That's pretty much it for me. Well, wait a second. Didn't you didn't you see a certain film that uh, you're right starring uh, Will Ferrell and? Oh, you know what? I was trying to block that out. And I was... <laughs> Apparently, you did. You did a pretty good job. Completely blazed over that. So you know what that is. Uh, my apologies, David. Thank you for helping me relive that. Um, I apologize. Sure I didn't forget it. Um, sure. Let's talk about the comedic genius of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley for just a moment and how, for whatever reason, it completely did not show up for the movie Holmes and Watson directed by Eton. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Eton Cohen, which is a shame because there are movies that he has done that I have thoroughly enjoyed. Um, he wrote idiocracy. I thought that was funny. He's also done Men in Black 3, which I did enjoy to a certain degree. But most notably, in my opinion, he did Tropic Thunder, which I absolutely still watch and think is just laugh out loud funny. But that could also be the performers. But if that's the case, I don't know what the fuck happened with Holmes and Watson. That movie was... I, I, I can't remember the last time I was really close to walking out of something. And I was dangerously close to walking out of that within. Actually, I can. Robin Hood was the last bad movie that I saw that I almost walked out of that one. The latest one that they just did. I think I said that as well. Well, with this one, I was just as close to walking out. I was very, very disappointed in every aspect of this movie. It was not good and a complete and utter waste of time. I'm glad that it was only an hour and 30 minutes. 
I think it was a huge miss, and I think they know it was a huge miss because from for on my side of things, I haven't seen too many advertisements for this. They're there here and there when it comes to the commercials or um, billboards and whatnot, and you can kind of see them here every once in a while, but I think they know that it was a huge miss, and I think they were just like, well, we have to put this out at some point, so why not put it out now? And they did, and it was absolutely trashed. For Will Ferrell, who I enjoy, John C. Riley, who I also enjoy, and Ralph Fiennes, who I think is one of the better actors out there, completely underutilized and absolutely terrible. So, would you like me to elaborate further, or can we please move on from this god awful? No, 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 you can move on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was reading somewhere that and i forget where the article was but they were saying the movie was so bad that netflix didn't even want to buy it i mean they had the offer out there from sony and and they were like nah we're good (laughs) 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 you know it's bad because netflix has been buying pretty much everything so (laughs) if they didn't want it sony just had to hang their hats and and go ahead and release it because they said that it didn't even um screen for for critics until like i think the day before it was supposed to open so yeah, that's always a bad sign and um yeah i guess it lived up to it oh it was it was it was trash like it's just like it was so disappointing i mean and they're taking a huge hit on it too i mean the production budget says that it was 42 million to make and it's only made uh 19 million dollars that's not going to get better as it, it stays in the theater that's going to just get incredibly worse yeah um, i mean it's just it was wildly disappointing for these two when they've had such amazing success in the past and i mean i still will go see if they do something up and they pair up again i'll, I'll give it a shot but this was just bad i mean that's really what it comes down to it's just it was just bad. like it was not funny it was dry it was disappointing. Um, you can see what they were trying to do, but it just didn't work. And I'm actually disappointed that I actually, I, I took the time to go and see that movie. I could have gone to see something else. Yeah, um, that's that's unfortunate. And like you said, from those two 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 actors and their previous pairings have always done well. I would say Step Brothers wasn't maybe a big box office hit, but it became sort of a, a, a pop culture kind of, um, um, I guess later on it got appreciated a little bit more than what it did initially in the theaters. And then uh, Talladega Nights, people love that. So, but you would thought maybe this would be third time's the charm as well, but it doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what it kind of is. is you would think that it's like, okay, well, I like these guys, so I'm going to go and give this a shot. And then you just watch it, and you're just like, wow, um, no thank you. Mm. Uh, really, wow, like, okay, then this is this is not good, and I have made an incredible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's, yeah, well... I guess I I should talk about some stuff that I watched then maybe um, go down that road a little bit. Have you, Yasha, there was a time I remember, I don't remember when it was, but it was a few months ago 
and I, I believe you had mentioned it, that there was a movie that you had saw that Eddie Murphy was in, but you didn't realize he had put out a new movie. It was called. It's called Mr. Church. Did you actually watch the movie, or you just saw that it was out there? No, I, I saw the trailer, and I was very interested in seeing it because it looked really, really good, and it looked like he was going to be um, in the performance of a dramatic piece opposed to just comedy. I just never got a chance to see it. Okay, so yeah, I did actually watch that uh, a few days, a few nights ago. It's on Netflix, and that's where I saw it. And Eddie Murphy plays like a a cook who is inherited by this this mother and, and young daughter, and um, in the inherited part, you kind of learn about that as the story kind of sets it up in the beginning of the movie. But it's definitely something different for Eddie Murphy. He he's absolutely playing a, um, a dramatic role in the sense that he's not typical Eddie Murphy. He's not making jokes and cracking jokes about this, that, and the other. It's him being the straight man, being very straightforward in his performance. And it's good. Like, to me, um, it's sort of a coming-of-age story because it's told through the point of view of the young girl. And you you experience her inner dialogue of having this uh, cook come to their home when she actually didn't want him to be there in the first place. And you see a lot of her relationship with him and how it grows. And I thought it was really, really well done. I mean, it's, it's one of those movies where it's, it's kind of obviously um, manipulating the, the emotions in, in certain parts, but I thought it did it in a way that it still worked and it didn't feel overly manipulative. And um, there's, the 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 mother in this is played by Britt Robertson. I can't recall what I've seen her in before, but she's I I've always liked her and stuff that I've seen her in. But the um the young actress, um Natasha McElhorn McElhone uh, I can't even say her last name. I'll try it one more time. McElhone. Um I don't think I've seen her in anything before, but I liked her and I thought she did a good job and she had a good rapport with uh, Eddie Murphy and I just thought overall it was a very solid movie. I wouldn't have um, thought about it until I was just flipping through Netflix and saw that it was there and decided to watch it. In fact, I turned it on thinking I was only going to watch like 10 minutes of it and check out. And then I sat through the whole thing and I came away from it just enjoying it. So I would say, uh, yeah, you should give it a try when you have a chance. Yasha. You say Britt Robinson played a mother in it? Oh, sorry, not not Brit. I, I got um, her confused with the other actress. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, she she's like one of the other kids. Sorry, I was gonna say uh, no. Like, like man, she she's a pretty young actress, or at least looks really young. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. It wasn't that. Wasn't the mom? Um, I I can't see the actress's name who uh, who was the mom, but um. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I will definitely have to watch it. It's different. I, I was really surprised because you're just so used to Eddie going for the jokes, which you know, obviously in this last several movies, he hasn't really done well. But um, in this, he's not. It's very much an understated role. And he... 
I I just felt like he did a really good job with it. Um, let me see. What else did I watch? Oh, so Yasha, I think it was last week you had mentioned that you watched Bird Box. I think. Yeah. Okay, I got a chance to check that one out, and I th- um. What did you say it w- was like? What movie did you say it was kind of like? I said it was what the happening was trying yeah. to do um, back when it was released. Yeah, the happening was trying to be, and they succeeded. Yeah, I, I I would agree. I would say this one does what that one didn't do, and I think that um, Sandra Bullock. It 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 looked like a movie that could have been in the theaters. I don't think it's as good as A Quiet Place, but I thought what they were doing with the movie, it worked pretty well. Other than, honestly, I would say the only real criticism I have towards the movie is I would have not told it in flashbacks. I think I just would have told it just in the order of everything happening as opposed to flashing back because I feel like that kind of... um, it kind of leads you into a direction as to what's going on or at the very least um, how certain things are going to shake out because once you flash back and you see certain things are, are one way and then you're in present time and you see uh, what's currently going on, you're like, Oh, okay. So um, something happened to some of these people. (laughs) So you're kind of like already knowing that aspect so i kind of wish they just would have told it in a more linear fashion as opposed to the flashbacks right on um what else did i see i got a chance to watch on netflix the big lebowski oh all right i gotta sit back for this one (laughs) well i don't know um so uh, let's see. What should I say about the Big Lebowski? Okay, so I went into it finally watching this, and I had been hesitating to watch this for so long because it seems like it's one of those movies that has such a good cult following and such a cult classic type of movie that I was like, oh, man, if I don't like this, I feel like maybe I'm missing out on something and the 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 thing that came back into my mind was when we were at uh, Comic Con and Leonard Moulton had his panel and he was talking about like if you don't like something that's considered you know a classic you shouldn't feel bad and so so I kind of went into it like okay I'm gonna give it a chance and if I don't like it I don't like it and so be it so I watched the movie and. I was like, okay, I, I think after I watched it, I was like, I, I, I liked it, but I didn't feel like I could understand how it got to be where it is as far as this cult classic kind of movie where people have rewatched it and rewatched it so many different times because it felt like after I watched it, I was like, I, I got it and I was I, I liked it. I wasn't in love with it. I didn't feel like um, it was this movie that I felt needed to be rewatched again and again. So I was kind of like, 
a little lost on the aspect of how it got to be where, where it is in terms of why did people sort of um, put it up in that status of this being this movie that's highly rewatchable for everyone. And I can only turn to David because I, I know that you have an affinity for it. But I, I could have sworn in, in one of the times we've talked about the movie that you had something similar to you watching it and was like, okay. And then you kind of revisited it at some point in time and then it kind of clicked for you or something. I, or am I remembering that wrong? No, I guess I would say you're, you're remembering that, right? I mean, I don't remember the first time I saw it. I, I don't, I don't think I saw that in the theater. I'm pretty sure I saw it like on, you know, at home at some point. I don't know how long after it's, theatrical run and i remember going okay that was you know it was good i guess like but it's just one of those movies that i think it's first it's a coen brothers film so all of the characters in in it and the the performances are just so oh man what's the word they're just i don't know they're just so different and they're those kind of performances that I think the more you watch it, the more you get out of it, the more you enjoy it. They're just so kind of quirky and weird. Mm. And, and the movie is just so quirky and kind of weird at times. And I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just one of those movies. The more you watch it, I think just the more you just enjoy it. And I guess, <laughs> and I, you know, I, Right there, uh, you know, just on that basis, maybe in general, this isn't the kind of movie for you because in general, you don't really rewatch movies like and, <laughs> right. And I know I kind of give you crap for that, but I mean, it's just I, that you and you prefer to watch new things. And I totally get that, you know, and this, though, is, I think, the kind of film that it is. I would be actually shocked if. You know, to meet people who are like, man, the first time I saw Bill Globowski, I thought that was amazing. I thought that was awesome. Like, I'm sure there are some people that are that way. But I think for the most part, you know, people would admit that, oh, you know, it was a good movie. But it's just there's something about it that you latch on to. And, and, and I can't really explain it. But, yes, I, I love that movie now. But did I love it from the very beginning? No, no. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. So then, yeah, you're right. I did have it right in my head. And I, I, the thing is, it's, it, it definitely has m memorable characters, for sure. And like he says, it's, it's, that, it's from the Coen brothers, so it, it has that sensibility to it, where it's, when I was watching it, I was all in on it, because it's this, it takes you in so many different directions, and you never know where they're going next with it because of how wacky it is in a way. And it, I, I found that part of it very interesting just because I couldn't sort of pinpoint where this thing was going. And um, but it's at the same time, it, it has that level of frustration to to it where, where I'm sitting there watching it and um, I forget John Goodman's character's name. But I'm like, Walter. I just wanted to, what was it? Walter. Yeah, Walter. I just wanted to strangle him because he was like messing things up yeah. so much. <laughs> and it's frustrating. <laughs> and so there's like that aspect to it. And then I wish I had a, a meter to count how many times Walter tells Donnie to shut the F up. Like, because it, it happens quite 
kind of bad. <laughs> like every time he says something, he just tells him to shut the f up, and it, it's like it, it must be a joke of some sort, just because he does it so much. But, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, because <laughs> um, and and then just uh, Jeff Bridges, it, it just when I see him playing the dude, <clears throat> what I get from that is just I I, I it makes me in awe even more so of the range of Jeff Bridges when you just look at his body of work and different characters he's played and he's just always dialed in and and so good at what he he's doing within whatever role it is he he's he's playing and that's what I I think I kind of took away from is everybody was their own unique person and 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 playing it playing it up in a way that you know like you've sort of said it before david where you don't necessarily um it's not hard to tell when you're kind of watching a coen brothers movie it 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 has something about it the characters in a way that are just different than characters in any other kind of movie or production and and that's certainly is the case with uh the big lebowski oh yeah um so no, i've actually never seen that movie oh you haven't okay oh my god yeah <laughs> it's hard for me to weigh in too much but it's like i i think i when i was younger i tried to watch it like maybe the first 10 or 15 minutes and i just got distracted or something like that but i haven't actually been able to finish that movie and something that I've kind of always wanted to do. Well, that's on Netflix as well. So I don't know um, how long it's been on there, but I just noticed, I think it was on there before and then it was gone and I noticed that it was back. So I was like, oh, let me jump on it this time in case it actually leaves Netflix again. So yeah, it's there in case you have some time to want to sit down and watch it. Um, Another movie that's on Netflix that I got a chance to watch is Roma. So... This is from Alfonso Cuaron, and it's been getting a lot of buzz for the the Oscars. And for those who don't know, this movie is all in black and white, and it's about this servant to this family and kind of follows her her day-to-day life just within this realm of her taking care of her this family and also what's going on in her own personal life and it was interesting in that it's very it's a very unassuming movie there's nothing about it that really stands out in terms of the story to me except for i so i watched it in the in the theater and what I can say about the theater experience of watching this movie was the the sound. There's there's a an element of surround sound that goes on in the movie that it really helps the experience of of feeling like you're kind of within the the realm of what where the movie is because in the back of you you you'll hear people talking as they're talking on the screen but you don't see them on screen. So you're hearing them, and then it almost makes you feel like people in the theater are talking because you kind of want, want to turn around and look. And um, it, there's elements of that throughout the movie 
where it's just the sound is coming from either the sides or in the back. And, and it's a, it's a full experience in that way. Um, it was in the way he shot it. I felt like there was pretty much wide angle shots and medium shots, but very little close up shots. And, and those shots that are kind of even just cropped a little it, and it made the experience of watching the movie. Um, I never felt connected enough to the characters because of it, because it it never felt like the camera was up close and personal with any of the characters. Really, it always sort of kept them at a distance. Very, mo- I would say, a, a decent amount of them are wide angle shots. So it's just very much like it's almost like an exterior shot of everything you're seeing, and it looks well. And it's it's done well, but it never made me feel like I could get a grasp on on the characters themselves. So it was an interesting movie. I can't say that I walked away from it liking it or loving it, but I didn't dislike it. So it was just kind of like, okay, that was that was a thing. (laughs) And um, I don't know that I've read enough of reviews to know what people are are praising it for i'm not sure if it's the story or if it's the way that it was done um have you read anything about it david no i mean not specifically since i haven't watched it yet um i just i just know it's being well received critically uh you know seeing it on even top 10 lists and such like that but that's that's all i i kind of avoided like even honestly i hadn't even heard a description until you just described it (laughs) so You know, since I haven't watched it yet, I just, you know, that's why I haven't really kind of sought out learning much about it because I've been wanting yeah. to watch it. Just haven't. Okay. Uh, what about you, Yasha? Have you heard anything about it or had any desire to see it? I have not heard anything about it. No, sir. All right. Well, I guess that's um, one that I will be interested to see if you guys do get around to it and, and hearing your thoughts on it. Cause yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it per se. I mean, I know basically what I just said about it, but it didn't leave me feeling how and why this might be a big Oscar contender. I, I couldn't come away with it from seeing it feeling like, Oh, this is why, you know, specifically. So I'm kind of curious to, hear what you guys would think if you ever get a chance to, to watch it, especially before the, the award season kicks in. Um, another movie on Netflix that I watched is uh, Blazing Saddles. And I had never watched it. Um, obviously, I hear you laughing, David. Why are you laughing? No, it's just funny how you're like, oh, I saw this new release. I saw this movie from 20 years ago. I saw this new release. Oh. Yeah, you're all over the place. <laughs> Well, it, should I just say all the new releases? I saw no, first? no, no. I'm not complaining. Oh. It's just, I, you know, I, like when you dropped the, I saw the Big Lebowski. I almost did a double take in my with my headphones. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I, I wasn't expecting you to go. I just, I watched Blazing Saddles for the first time. Oh, no. oh, okay. <laughs> well, I did make a little mention. Of no, it you last did, you did. It's not yeah. completely out of nowhere, but still, like. Okay. After seeing a, a new film like Roma that everyone's talking about right now, and it's a new release, and oh, and I watched uh, Citizen Kane. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, all I can say is I made great use out of this time that I've had off from work since uh, we've had our little Christmas shutdown. So I've really been trying to put in movies that I haven't had a chance to see that are everyone else has seen, and then also making sure I've seen all the stuff that's going to be in an award contention. So I think uh, I think I'm almost done, but I got to maybe two or three more on the list to go. But um, back to this Blazing Saddles. So everybody knows it's Mel Brooks, and it's uh, a satirical look at the Old West. And um, it was okay, I guess. I don't know. I, I think maybe if I had watched this, I don't know, maybe in the 80s or something, I probably would have liked it a lot more. But as I was sitting through it now, it's it's kind of cringeworthy. It's like there's it's very uh, politically incorrect in so many <laughs> yeah. ways. And um, it, it's... That was appropriate. That was the humor back then. Right. That's why I was like, if I had seen this in the 80s, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. But in today's world and climate, it just I was like, ooh, ooh, you know, just like. I, I I got what they were going for because it's, you know, it's it's sort of making fun of it at the same time, but at the same time, it's still doing it. So it's like, um, yeah, it, it was kind of a, a weird experience to watch it and not really be able to come away from it being like, oh, you know, like this is the type, this is the kind of movie I would watch over and over again in today's world. I, I, I just couldn't imagine saying that but you look at another Mel Brooks movie like Spaceballs and I could watch that for the first time today and still enjoy it and love it as much as I would have probably back then even though there's some stuff in there a little bit you know that you could say is uh, you know maybe a little on the edges of being uh, racially or culturally insensitive but yeah Blazing Saddles is filled with it from start to finish, so it's it's a little bit harder. But um, I watched it, got it off my list, I guess. Well, Bobby, let me ask you this: Have you ever seen the producers? No. See, that's that's another one. That's a Mel Brooks, you know, comedy as well, and he wrote and directed that, and he did Blazing Saddles. And what's interesting is that Blazing Saddles came out. 30 years before that and mm. you can hear some of the music from blazing saddles like the piano player plays quite a bit of the music that is being going is going to be in the producers which is just a little interesting oh, what's that that is no i was like yeah that is interesting actually but, like, you know he's had this kind of story in his head and these things in his head you know for a while now and yeah the Humor back then was much more racy and whatnot. And I think, David, you watched Tommy Boy and you watched it when you were older just a couple of years ago. And you were like, oh, it was OK. It wasn't necessarily the biggest thing in the whole, most funniest thing in the wide world. But you also said kind of the same ideology that Bobby just said is like maybe if I had watched this when I was younger, I'd have a much more appreciation for it and really think that it was as funny or if not as, you know, as funny everybody else does, because I love Tommy Boy, but then again, I saw it when I was younger, but it's like, I've gone back and I've watched some of those movies. And I was like, wow, this is what I really thought was funny. And it's just like, well, yeah, I, I, 
I still think it's funny. Like, it's just like, well, this is, you know, it's obviously much, much of a younger, you know, a younger appeal, you know, for a different time too. So where do you guys fall in line with the uh, Blazing Saddles? Did you, or is it sort of one of the, those movies that you love and you revisit from time to time? Or is it something that you're kind of like, uh, it was good in its time sort of thing? I ha- honestly haven't seen that in a long time. Almost to the point I would argue that if I did see it, it would probably almost be like a first watch. Okay. But I have seen it. I think I was just really young when I watched it, which I don't know maybe if I should have or not. But um, yeah, so I guess it's, I definitely don't take it take it like, oh man, I love that movie. I watch it all the time. It's more like, yeah, it was, it's good, I guess. But it's been a while. And it might be the kind of thing. If I watch it now, I might go, oh God. <laughs> Why did I like this? <laughs> you know? right. I mean, I've I've watched it. I have. Uh, it's been probably over ten years since I have seen it. And when I did see it, I was older, and I was like, kind of like you, Bobby. I did cringe at some of the scenes, but I did find it funny, and I did find parts of it, you know, quite entertaining, mm-hmm. and, and I enjoyed it. But um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should give it another watch because I did see that it was on Netflix as well. So I'm interested to uh, see what it's. Uh, you know, maybe watch it again, but we'll see. I'm not in no great rush. There's too many other things to watch. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that was pretty much it for stuff that I've seen on Netflix. <laughs> on which... Netflix. Let's move on to <laughs> yeah. Amazon and then Hulu. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I probably would say yes to that if I had some of those or if there was something else on those streaming services that everybody's <laughs> talking about. But, um, uh, I did get a chance to go watch If Bill Street Could Talk, and that's the latest movie by Barry Jenkins, who did Moonlight, won the Oscar for Best Picture for that last year. And this is a story about a young couple who, uh, or I think they're living in Harlem, and the 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 main guy, his name is nickname is Bonnie, he gets sent to jail after being accused of raping a a woman and through the course of the story you see in terms of how it affects his family and the family of the 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 girl he's been dating and just been like child since childhood friends and they became some uh, a couple who has sort of been trying to put their life together um just and during a time in which, you know, it was very hard to be living in in not only a predominantly poorish kind of black neighborhood, but just with everything else of social injustice and everything else going on during that time. And it's 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 very well done. It's kind of the, one of those movies where you would watch it once and maybe ne- not revisit just because it's kind of heavy but i thought that what the movie does really really well is every scene if not every scene close to it the the, the director uh barry jenkins he he really gives the scene enough time to breathe and the actors to kind of envelop in it where sometimes it maybe just be um, acting with their expressions or just within the dialogue, but the scenes are really allowed to just kind of live organically in a way 
that it almost doesn't feel like you're watching a movie. It just feels like this real life thing that's going on. And it's really well done. And I, I can't imagine that it won't be um, getting more buzz as the award season picks up. Um, one other movie <laughs> that I did watch is Vice, which is with um, Adam McKay's. What's that, uh, Yasha? Nothing. Sorry. I apologize. Oh, um, Adam McKay's new movie with uh, Christian Bale and Steve Carell's in it as well. And um, this is the story of Donald Rumsfeld and his rise into power and how he became um, vice president. Is Dick Cheney? Yes, sorry. I was thinking Donald Rumsfeld because that's who Steve Carell plays and he was sort of on my mind. Yes, uh, Dick Cheney. And it's it's an interesting movie. It it left me feeling kind of um, like I wanted to throw up after watching it or take a shower. I don't know. It, it's it's it it's heavy handed in the way that it it leans on Dick Cheney and and who he is and and the things he he's done. And it's told in the same sort of way that The Big Short was. So if you like The Big Short, I think you would like um, this as well. Uh, it, 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 it does the same sort of storytelling con- conventions where it'll kind of have these cutaways where someone will explain something in, in a way. And not to the same degree that the way that uh, The Big Short does, but in its own way, it, it still kind of does that kind of thing. And it's it's informative in a way that it gives you a closer look at this guy and how he helped make the the position of vice president more than what it was and had been considered before him. And and Cheney does like it just it just makes you feel like the government is just like it needs to be overthrown or something because it, it just feels so smarmy and, and just gross. It just, it that people will are essentially only in those positions because of the power it brings and not because they want to do good in the world. And it, it's just gross. It's basically the opposite of the West Wing. That's what you're telling me. So then that means I should just watch the West Wing. You absolutely should watch the West Wing. <laughs> because this makes you feel so bad. And, it's, and well, and that's the problem. The West Wing is a, a story of fiction, you know, right. that yeah. ideal of what you would like it to be. And this is our reality. And it, and it sucks. <laughs> it's It's horrible. It's really horrible that people will cut off the nose to spite the face and and they don't care because if it it's like if people think that this is the right thing to do and everyone agrees well since you're not doing it my way i'm not gonna support it (laughs) and then when i can get a chance to do it my way then i'll support it and it's like it's it's just so awful it's so horrible so i i the movie itself is done well. I think um, everybody from Amy Adams, who and who plays Lynn Cheney, and and obviously Christian Bell playing Dick Cheney, just do 
phenomenal job with the acting and everyone does but it's like this story is just it just makes you feel so dirty and, and bad when you watch it and just to think that it, uh, this is what's going on in, in the world that no or at least in our country that no one seems to have our true breath, breath uh, our true best interest for the for us as you know a country they're not looking out for us per se. They're looking out for themselves and, and how it can get them more power or get them ahead in some sort of way. And it just is, it's, it's horrible. And so that's all I can really say about um, the experience of it. But the movie itself is, is good, is a good movie. It's just the message that you kind of come away from watching it is it's makes you feel depressed a little bit. <laughs> a, little, a little disheartening. Yeah. Yeah, to say the least. And um, I think that's it. Uh, I forget. I, have, did you? So did you watch like at least like the pilot of the West Wing as a challenge, or did you never even do that? I did. Yeah. Okay. I I did watch that, and then so I think I've only seen just the. You know, what? I think I've seen two episodes because I think I, I did watch another one after that. Okay. So now I st- I still do want to watch the actual series as a whole. And I was thinking about that today, actually, because I was remembering that you were going back and watching it as well as watching um, Game of Thrones. Well, I haven't gone back to Game of Thrones yet. And oh. I don't know if I'll have time because I did the math at one point. And I mean, as of when I did the math, which is like two or three weeks ago, I would have to watch like four episodes a week to watch mm. all of the game of thrones episodes before the new season drops mm-hmm. so now i'd have to probably watch at least five a week <laughs> which <laughs> is totally doable if i mean maybe post uh, my binge for the top 10 show but yeah that's probably not gonna happen but anyway i mean yeah for those who don't know i've been listening to west wing weekly which is a podcast that has that is revisiting all of the west wing um, I'm playing, wow. I'm playing catch up on that podcast. Um, so I'm right now toward the end of season two, but right now they are still making the podcast right now. I think they're in season five or season six and there's seven seasons. Mm. Um, but also I have watched the, that show so much that I watch it. I have been rewatching the episodes and then listening to the, the podcast episode associated with it. But I've seen that show so much. I, I have it on sometimes it's just kind of background while I'm doing things around the house. You know, it's, it's easy to kind of throw in an episode and then listen to the podcast while I'm driving. And uh, yeah. I would say for anyone who's never watched the West Wing, it would be an interesting way to do it, to watch it and listen to the podcast. Because I will say they don't spoil anything about the show in the podcast episodes. They definitely take the approach knowing that people are hmm. possibly listening who have never seen the show before. So they don't they don't spoil the future of West Wing if you are watching it for the first time. They only talk about the, that specific episode per episode, right? They only they only talk about that episode and everything leading up to it. But yeah, they yeah, don't, they don't. But go they talk it. about it in detail. They don't like just sort of talk about it without reviewing it, like it was spoilers and stuff, right? Well, no, they, they talk about it like, okay, so you just watched this episode. Now let's talk about it. So okay. They, they spoil that episode for sure. Okay. Okay. 
but You're and they, they don't spoil future right episodes. they don't because part of me kind of wishes as someone who has seen the west wing wishes that they were kind of talking about say a particular episode in season two where i am now and talking about it about how this is the beginning of what we're going to see in future seasons you know but they're mm. not doing that because they don't want to spoil it um yeah you know what hmm, i mean that's interesting yeah yeah I, I i get what you're saying that's an interesting approach because then it's they never are able to get to that thing then unless it's a specific episode that it pays off from something and then yeah they can say hey remember back in season two but if it's a an overall laying the groundwork for all these different things then they can never really address that because it's not one specific sort of thing to point back to right i think i think i understand what you're saying but yes they're definitely not like going, hey, yeah, you know, in this episode, we know that this is going to, you know, and episodes up ahead that, you know, because they don't want to spoil it for people who are watching it for the first time. Right. So, But it's still thoroughly interesting. Joshua Molina, who's an actor on the show, is one of the hosts and and they have a lot of guests like Martin Sheen, Bradley, you know, all of them are basically coming in on episodes here and there like you know, chipping in on their experiences. And it's, it's very, very interesting. So, and yes, you should absolutely watch the West Wing. <laughs> I, I, I know I will. It's, it's steadily making its way into a point where I can actually start to watch it based on getting caught up on most everything else. So it's just getting pretty close to the top here. And then also just because like, it's surprising how, and maybe because I just, I've known the show so well for so long, but it's like the show's getting old. I mean, it started like 18 years ago at this point, I think. Wow. Or more, or it's almost 20 years old. And it's still though watching it. It doesn't feel too dated to me. Not too. There's definitely some things that are, you know, start to stand out as, oh man, this, this, this does feel 20 years old, but for the Mm. most part, it's, it's not too dated where I think it would take away from the enjoyment, but you fear that like 10 years from now, will people watching it 10 years from now going, oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. But it's, it's -hmm. a little too dated for me. You know, it's like, I would hate for you to wait too long where it's like getting too far away. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Uh, and I won't. I, I know that I'll watch it. Not, not in the immediate future, but pretty close to it. Right. And then I'm curious to get to the episodes of the show and the podcast when I haven't really seen it much, which is mm. post Aaron Sorkin. Right. Because once he left the show, I really have only seen those episodes once ever. And some, I think there's still some I probably haven't even seen before. Well, because it's it's a different show at that point for me. Anyway, so well, yeah, that was it, it that I've watched. So I'm kind of tapped out. Cool. All right. Well, with that, we're gonna wrap things up. Unless you guys have anything else. Um, as always, we'd love to hear back from everybody. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Flickr underscore effect. Um, these episodes, by the way, are also available uh, as an audio version on YouTube over at youtube.com forward slash Flickr effect. If you choose to listen over there uh, with that, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. And I'm Yasha Wilson. 
Thanks for listening.